What's up, rich friends? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka your rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. The Net Worth and Chill besties know that our advertising partners at Marshalls get the deal so you get the good stuff. As your rich BFF, I love to catch a good deal on high quality pieces. So Marshalls is literally my best friend. Marshalls has the best quality on-trend finds at an incredible price. Whether you're looking for an outfit for a work event, a job interview, or even a client presentation, Marshalls will always help you save a little coin while still being the most fashionable and confident person in the room. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So today I have the craziest story for you. I have a friend of a friend of a friend who asked for a demotion and a salary cut. Yes, you heard me correctly. She wanted to be paid less and to have a lower title. Basically, this person, we'll call her Stephanie, she was dealing with severe imposter syndrome. She wasn't recognizing her own worth, and she was feeling super stressed by the responsibilities of her role, and she was feeling so intimidated that she didn't think she could do her job well, even though her boss was giving her consistent feedback that, she was performing to a good level. And obviously this is an extreme case, but studies have actually shown that 85% of the world's population experiences low self-esteem. And not only does this affect your personal growth, but it can also severely impact and lower your financial prospects. In fact, a study titled Self-esteem and earnings from the Journal of Economic Psychology found that poor self-esteem during adolescence is a sign of low future earnings as an adult. And the logic behind this correlation definitely feels a little circular, right? You have low self-confidence, so you don't earn as much. And when you don't earn as much, you don't have as much money. And because you have less money, you are less confident. So today we are covering confidence around money and life demanding your worth. And I am so, so excited to introduce you to my guest. He is my creator BFF, and he is the king of posing, the king of photography, the king of confidence himself. Drum roll, please. Welcome, David Sa. What's up, fam? (laughs) (laughs) David, thank you so, so much for being here today. Uh, Not that you had a choice because you are my BFF and I absolutely forced you to do this with me. Um, So a little backstory. David and I met at the gold gala that we were both invited to. And, you know, it's a pretty hot ticket to get into. Mm -hmm. And we were not allowed to bring plus ones. So when we got there, I basically finger gunned David and I said, you're going to be my best friend. We're going to hang out all night. We were we were we were like the first ones there. Yeah, we were we were painfully early. I I was I remember I was the second one there. (laughs) I was I remember I was the second one there and I tried to get in and the guard was like, oh, the event hasn't started. And I told him, (laughs) I I think I'm VIP. He was like, no, you're just really you're literally the second person here. And I think you were the third person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were standing right behind me. And I was so awkward. I've never, at that time, I've never been to one of those events. No, never. That was so my was first just event like, too. like, literally this the whole time. I was like, ooh. Yeah. And we were so awkwardly early because 
we were not at all fashionably late. We were <laughs> way too overeager. But I'm so happy because out of that, I got you. And, you know, you and I hang out all the time. Every time I come to L.A., every time you come to New York, yeah. we talk, we hang out, we're besties. Yeah. But for those of us listening who don't know your life story, can you give us the TLDR on who you are, how you got here, and how you became David So? David So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, wow. So I grew up in... Korea and Hong Kong. But I guess before I even like started living there, what's important to note is that I was born in New Jersey. Um, that's important because that's how I'm able to live back in America and mm. build my career here. I think America is one of the few countries where if you're born here, you, you're granted the citizenship. Yeah. And so thankfully, I was born in New Jersey. Uh, apparently, my parents said... The most beautiful of all 50 states. <laughs> <laughs> I need to visit that place. <laughs> but um, my parents told me it was never planned. Mm -hmm. And I just got real lucky. My sister, not as lucky. Um, but we just pieced out with the citizenship. Um, and then I guess a newborn baby for them after like a year. So no recollection of New Jersey. Um, went on to live my life. Like nine years in Korea, nine in Hong Kong. Like intermixed, but cumulatively. And then it's my 10th year back here in America. Uh, I came for college, UC Davis, because I didn't get into UCLA. No! <laughs> UC no. Davis keeps him humble, my friends. UCLA would not give him this type of character I development. really don't know who I would have been if I went to UCLA, honestly. But um, went to UC Davis. I skipped a lot of classes so that I can learn online. I was always that guy. I was always that guy who... Um, I don't want to say the guy who was chasing after his passion when we're talking about me as an eighth grader. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell passion is. You know what I mean? You're like 14. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just doing things that I wanted. And, you know, if you see it at that time, it's just me being rebellious. But, you know, I'm not doing like the really rebellious stuff. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to study anything away from studying. Because like in Asia, especially Korea, Hong Kong, academics on a high pedestal right so for me call it whatever you want the inner creative whatever it is you know i wanted to play soccer volleyball dance whatever it was i just didn't want to devote all my time into academics like all mm -hmm. my peers were um i sort of fought through that pressure of society school peers uh, family college apps all that stuff and always just kind of maintained whatever this little uh cute little passion stuff was in middle school and high school, um, cultivated it. Um, you know, fast forward to college, I would skip classes to keep learning that uh, photography. And yeah, no, I just kept adding fire to the wood. And it sort of amounted to, I guess, the posing king. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of like the, the background story. Nice. And, uh, you know, obviously we are very transparent with our finances with each other. And you have a very lucrative business now. But I recently saw you did this post where you were wearing a very fashion questionable fedora and you were holding a banner that said Togo. Yoga. Oh, yoga. Yoga. You only, you graduate, only once. graduate once. And you were doing graduation <laughs> photos for people at UC Davis right. for like $200. Yeah. So would you be open to sharing how much you were making when you started out and, you know, how that's changed and how much you're making now? Wow. I mean, I, I 
I wish I had like some receipts from back then. But like you mentioned, the first time I ever got paid with my passion for photography was freshman year of college in UC Davis. Um, you know, all the college, they have like the free and for sale. Yeah college like facebook page right mm-hmm. and i put up my services there not even services i was just like hey I'm, I'm a photographer and this is when i would never believe that this could be a career mm-hmm. right just like oh i love this i, I hope this could turn to something this um aggie that's our mascot aggie football player big guy he was launching his own like merch brand like, his t-shirt <laughs> back in the days are you serious? That was new. Yeah. That's like some like nowadays influencer stuff. But this guy, this, this football player, he was launching his own merch. And I was like, okay. And he said, hey, can you, can you, I have like three models. Can you photograph them? We went to like this railroad track. So, no, not yeah, the railroad yeah, track. Yeah, I know. I know. And then I did, I, I took some photos for him. Uh, next day I delivered the, like digital photos. And I think he was like, we didn't even negotiate the pay at that time. I did the work, you know? Mm-hmm. And, then he asked, and then he asked me after I delivered the digital photos, he was like, so how much do you want for this? I would have been like a million dollars. That's the difference between you and me. Uh, I was like, you know, I was freaking out asking my, my roommate, you know, what do I do for this? He's in sciences. I don't know. Uh, I came up with $50. $50, David? $50, $50. Listen, I was 19 years old, right? Okay. And then he said, Maybe I asked for 75 because I remember there was some sort of rebuttal. He, he negotiated against $75? Anyway, 75, 50, okay, whatever it is. And he was like, okay, bet. I'm going to pull up. He's like this like big dude, right? He's like, all right, come out of your dorm because I'm in the college dorm. You know okay. what I mean? He was like, he comes, I'm scared, by the way. It was like nighttime. Oh. And now he was like, I'm going to, you know. You I'm thought gonna, this guy was going to beat you up. I thought so. I was like, I thought I asked for too much. I was like, I'm going to swing by. I was like, okay. So just wait outside. I was like, what do you mean? I said, I told my roommate, can you be watching me? Yeah. And yeah, he just swung by with his like other pal. And his pal, like, you know, he's in the shotgun seat. He's, he hands me an envelope. I was like, that's it? I was like, okay, I got my first $50. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's sort of like what I'm making. I, I, I said I was making like... Yeah. Um, I was able to afford a little in and out in the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I always push the boundaries, um, whether I was making 50 or what I'm making now, I'm always pushing the boundaries of my value and what I'm providing. Mm-hmm. So I quickly went from 50 to even like 150. But you know, like that's scary as well. Yeah. That's scary. 150 got to the point where you mentioned 200, $350 for uh, college grad photos. At that time, like the average college student was charging maybe like a hundred dollars. Like someone for someone to charge three hundred fifty dollars was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I was I was the first one to start charging a lot more. Mm-hmm. Now I guess you times that I don't know like twenty. But then that's like during the like June, July, yeah. August. What is that? Six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's like that's that feels like a lot of money when you're in college, right? Certainly, right. So, so you know, I've divided up among the months, so it'd be like a little bit less than two thousand dollars a month for like four months, and then it kind of go quiet. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I can definitely check your website, but I'm just going to ask. Yeah. Nowadays, what does it cost to get a David Sa photo shoot? <laughs> um, so nowadays, 
the thing is, I don't want people to get the the wrong idea yeah. with this. So like, especially when I'm on Instagram Live, of course, people are like, David, how much does it cost to shoot with you? I don't like to tell them just like this random price out of like thin air mm -hmm. without context. Right. This is something I've learned because, you know, like you mentioned, like $50 for a shoot. Well, now, yeah, it seems really low. Yeah. But you go on Craigslist, like someone who's just looking for someone with a iPhone, with a camera yeah. to come take photos for you. That could be $50, right? Because it's, it's the value of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me now, I an average client of mine spends, I would say, $7,500 mm -hmm. for a shoot with me. Tell me what that includes. I think the big thing is like with, without getting too like detailed and granular, mm -hmm. right? My clients, I, I've learned early on that I need to become a problem solver mm -hmm. beyond just becoming some arts person. Mm -hmm. We could get we we could get into this. This is this this is interesting to you. Like I used to be really I used to be a very toxic photographer. Why? I would I would find all my life value from being just a photographer. Mm. Does that make sense? So like anytime I could talk about me being a photographer is when I found value. Got so it. when I met other photographers, I would naturally start competing. Mm. I would start like tensing up tensing up and saying oh yeah let me see how good your work is how much are you charging for your grad photos then i would hate on the local mom and pop you know like those mom and pop yeah. shops that like have been around for decades yeah. and they're right next to the college and they've been set up for 30 years who do the classic the diploma shot <laughs> with the watermark and stuff like that i'll get mad at them i'll be like how are they how are they surviving how are they running a business and how are they paying for rent when i'm so much better than them mm. It'd be so toxic. And this is this is like before I've learned that I'm my value is so much more than just me as a label, yeah. as a craft, um, as this skill, as this tool of a camera. And I think that was, that was like such a valuable lesson for me, which which ties back into how I set up my business now. Mm -hmm. I don't just I'm not that photographer who's doing everything of oh whatever comes my way, wedding photography, grad photos, and all this stuff. Um, and now it's really become serving the everyday people who have never seen beautiful photos of themselves. People who feel restricted, caged in by all this sort of like harsh standards of society. Many times like we talk about beauty standards mm -hmm. um, and therefore they feel like they don't have a voice. They can't be seen because they don't feel like they fit in. Not that they're actively trying to fit in, but at the same time, there always is that, is that still that influence of living in this era right where social media is so um, influential so it's serving these clients and taking them through this process of who are you lots of affirmations of it's okay to be who you are it's okay not to know who you are you know they, they many times come to me of just like a very simple goal of david i want to see a beautiful photo of me that i can cherish mm -hmm. and for a lot of these clients it's like it's it's a very daunting, almost an impossible task in their mind. So when they've never even seen a beautiful photo of themselves and they're coming to me to create that for them, many times they don't even know what that looks like. Right. I was, I was telling my team about this. Let's say like interior design. For me, I know nothing about interior design. But if, if I was to hire an interior designer, I want them to take the little that I know, like the little feelings that I might want in my space and then keep dissecting it and say, oh, I got the right thing for you. Because mm -hmm. if I knew exactly what I wanted, right? I was like this brown, brown couch, the one-seater and the three-seater and all yeah. this stuff, this kind of light, this from this brand, this from Italy, all that stuff. All they need to do is source it, right? But I think the, 
the much harder thing is asking the right questions to figure out what exactly is in my mind that I want. If I can't even picture it and communicate that, right? So that's sort of like what I'm doing for my clients is like they are out of touch with themselves, their identity, um, how they want to be seen in pictures. And I want that's what I'm doing is to like help them visualize that first of all, so that I can create it for them, and this to like help them connect to their beauty. Yeah, I love that. And you guys, David is being very humble. He has full creative concepts he <laughs> there's a full glam team here i literally looked in the back room there are there's a like wine fridge with all different types of beverages <laughs> snacks like outfits like uh, this place is ridiculous mm. it is worth every penny i'm sure you know you you mentioned you want someone to feel like they are seeing that beauty in themselves for the very first mm -hmm. time you focus mm. so much on making people feel good and confident and comfortable in their own skin. Why do you think some people are just naturally more confident than others? I, I like to think definitely our upbringing. I don't know if I was the most um, confident growing up. Mm -hmm. I don't think I received love, the love, like the warm love that I wanted as a kid. Mm -hmm. Sort of like the, like the physical touches of like, hey, like good job, even the pat. Yeah. But that's why a pat to me means so much these days. That's very Asian parent because my right. parents are not very like physically affectionate either. Right. Like no words of affirmation, always very critical. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get a 98 on a test. It's not, oh, great job on the 98%. It's where did the other 2% go? Right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm no data scientist or like, uh, you know, so I, I can't speak the right answer for that but if i just think about my upbringing and my confidence level during like the earlier stages in my life i i think it has a lot to do with like nurture and how i was growing up who the most influential people were, like teachers and of course my my parents as you bring up like the 90 getting a 90 you're like oh yeah. my gosh you're down on yourself yeah but i think the other thing that's also the other consequence of that is when we do get a high score let's say we, let's say we do get 100 out of 100 our value gets attached to that number. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, like, that confidence that we might feel of, like, oh, I got 4.0, 100 out of 100. It's so fleeting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What I think, what happens once, once you leave high school? Yeah. You're mm -hmm. only as good as your last score. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question, but. No, I think it does. You know, if you grow up in an environment where you are told every day that you are smart, beautiful and successful over time you're going to believe it right and yeah. if you don't grow up in that type of environment you might begin to believe the other like the else is true right and that's really unfortunate i really wonder what the formula is though like i mean we're, we're kind of talking about the the polar opposites of let's say like the stereotypical asian kid uh no physical affection very cold like parenting you need to be better you can be better uh stop sucking <laughs> you know whatever it is um and then let's see you have the opposite of oh you're always doing a great job i guess just like constant positive affirmation you yeah. are enough you're yeah. beautiful enough i also wonder if that creates the confident person too though i wonder if there's like this or like just creates like a jerk right right <laughs> and yeah. you don't want that either Right. So for those of us who did grow up not necessarily having that uber reinforcing, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you are smart, you are everything. Mm. What are some things that people can do to help them be more confident in, you know, their everyday lives? 
for me, like, um, you know, Mel Robbins, you ever heard of Mel Robbins? No. She does a lot of talks on confidence. And I, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know the cycle exactly the way she presents it, but it has to somewhat loosely summarize. She always talks about how the first cycle uh, in creating confidence has to do with taking action. Taking action. And because you took action, something happens. You either did that action successfully or mm-hmm. not. Um, either way, you learn something. Yeah. You gain an experience. Many times, the experience turns into some sort of lesson, and then you can do the action better. And then there's affirmations along with that. And then you start to build confidence. And you want to, you're inspired to do the action again, right? So there's like this loop of, oh, you want to keep doing it. You gain more confidence as you do more. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I wonder if it's a perfect formula, right? Because I don't think it's, at least for me, I don't think my confidence can come from other people constantly telling me that I'm a beautiful man, that I'm in, I'm a capable man, whatever it is. A lot of the confidence that I have built up for myself maybe is is because my parents never gave it to me. So I had to like really do the action for myself. Yeah. And you know, that's why I was like, oh yeah, I wonder what the perfect formula is. But to me, like building confidence truly has to do with action, like little things, right? Let's say, let's say you want to be more confident in front of the camera, in, in front of your photos, right? Then you have to get in front of your camera and mm-hmm. take more photos. And that first time you do it, um, if you were like me, uh, if you're like many other people, you're gonna be terrified. I think back to the last time, you know, we were at the Gold Gala. Ugh. Terrifying. I mean, even as for me, who's been in front of the camera many times for photo taking, I was nervous because it's a new setting. Now I have to build confidence for something new, right? So the more you do it, you're going to build more confidence in that situation. Also, I put a lot of undue stress on David because I said that if on the gold carpet, the red carpet was a gold carpet, yeah. I said that if your photos didn't look good, then... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone would know you were a sham. But David's photos did in fact turn out exquisite and he helped pose me too. So I shouldn't have just been a jerk bag to him. But his photos were wonderful. That was the first time. That was the first time I was being challenged on the spot. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, like you couldn't back hide. Out. No. I couldn't hide. I had to bring my best. Yeah. I love that. Make this holiday season a net worth and chill one with our advertising partners at Marshalls who get you the best deals on the best stuff. Marshalls stores are filled with the season's trendiest merchandise and must-have gifts with new merchandise hitting the shelves every day. From holiday decor to high-quality seasonal fashion, Marshalls is the one-stop shop for all your holiday shopping needs, all at a great price. What will you do with the savings from Marshalls? Maybe invest them into yourself or maybe kickstart any business ventures you've been planning? Eh? So David, let's pivot a little to your business. So you guys, David has an amazing assistant. Shout out to Val. He's got multiple employees like Jonah, who set up the cameras tonight, and Christina, who I watched fold a photo taco thing, which I love all of all of the people in his team. I'm curious, what are some things we can do to be more confident in the workplace? And what are some of the things that your team does now that you were like, Wow, I'm impressed. Okay, so first question, I guess, like, what can you do in the workplace? The thing for me is, like, I've never had a traditional... I was, I was never in a, like, a corporate job. Yeah. So in, in terms of, like, being the employee... Yeah. Oh my gosh. He doesn't even know the <laughs> difference between employer and employee because he's always been the boss. I love that. Love that for you. <laughs> 
um i was teaching like i was teaching english you know but like stuff like that i don't know like about creating confidence right because it's just me yeah i'm doing i'm being a tutor i'm working like these college grad photos all these different things but now like for me now i'm working with my team and uh, the thing for me like again i can't speak for them Uh, i can only speak for myself Something I'm coming into this year is my manager era. I told, did I tell you about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think for me, it's like I knew I wasn't being a great manager. Not in the sense that I'm not being nice. Like I hear about terrible manager stories uh, where it's just being terrible, harmful, toxic, uh, creating tra- traumatic experiences. But for me, it was just like I didn't know the skills of managing because mm-hmm. I would only manage my own time. Mm-hmm. So I would feel I wouldn't feel confident as as a manager. I would almost avoid the role. I mean, the interesting for me is like I have to be a content creator because I'm like the face of my brand. And where I mean, for other like big companies, right? Like they hire someone to be the face right. of the camera, social media managing, all that stuff, right? But I'm the I'm the face of the brand, so I have to create the content. I have to manage my team, which for the longest time, like I wasn't really doing um and then i also have to be the ceo got it right yeah. like building the business as well for the longest time like i didn't because i never learned to be a manager in a i guess somewhat of a corporate setting i would do what was easier for me which was creating content right and i couldn't even call myself out on it because co- creating content is important yeah like it was a, a like a founding pillar of our overarching business here so i would always justify it to myself and say oh yeah like it's fine but i think it's like i would, I would keep procrastinating be like, oh, like, I don't want to manage my team. I'm going to do something else. That's also equally important. Yeah. For me this year, it was, it was just really confronting that. You know, I was confronting that and putting in the, the action, creating self-awareness around it. And I would tell my team, hey, I'm, I'm going to start picking this up. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And here by next week, this is what I'm going to start rolling out. Yeah. And that's what I really did. And I'm, I'm finding so much, like, it's not just me. I'm fine. Yes, I'm finding a lot of confidence in owning my manager era, but my team just loves it. Yeah. They're like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm so on track. They're finding confidence within themselves because mm-hmm. I'm giving them parameters. I'm saying, hey, even within stuff like, like how to start a project, let's say we, ha- we set up our quarter one goal. And, you know, quarter one goal is big goals. It's not just send an email. It's like make this much money or whatever yeah. it is. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. I never gave them that. So for once, I have a whole like project template of how to start tackling your projects. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I am so like compelled to like dig deeper into the problem and start solving the problem versus just doing things. So it sounds like having that self-awareness and also creating tangible checklists of things to do. Yeah have helped make you a lot more confident because it gives you a way to actually achieve those goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like being really accountable to myself was like the biggest thing for me. I mean, the thing is I I have no, I have no excuses for me. I'm the owner of the business. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no room for me to complain. It is really tough. Like now I really truly feel like I'm doing three different roles. I feel like I'm taking on three different jobs. So it's really tough, but you know, I have no room to complain. This is my business, um, but it also means I have to be accountable for my actions and my teams. So I don't know how that translates to like for just everyone else that's not a owner of a business mm-hmm. and gaining confidence in the workplace. But I, th- I still think like, you know, if you really want to thrive in your workplace, because there's just, I, I keep seeing this whole like 
uh, corporate talk mm -hmm. of the Gen Zs and how they act in, in yeah. the corporate world these days, where it's like the bare minimum, <laughs> right? Do the bare minimum and get your back clean and get out. No more. No. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I also don't want to be like, if that's if that's what you're trying to do, right? I don't want to be like, yes, be accountable for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I mean, that's like my, that's me. This is my baby, so I have yeah. to. Well, um, I would say broadly speaking, this is still good advice for people <laughs> who work in an office. I love the, you know, get your bag and get out <laughs> culture, but I don't also think it's sustainable for most people. Yeah. So, okay, up next question. Who is your favorite employee? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so real next question. Sweating, sweating. You know, I got to do the opposite. What are some things that signal imposter syndrome that you want to help the BFFs avoid? What was the first thing? You, you got to do the opposite? What is this? Yeah, so we talked about things that you want to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. things that you think your team is doing well. Yeah. But what are some things that you think signal imposter syndrome that you want to help the BFFs avoid. Mm. Dude, imposter syndrome is scary. It is. I've I've always like I've never personally been a big fan of fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. What's your take on that? I kind of like it. I don't like fake. Till you okay, make okay. It. Tell me why. I'm I'm a, I'm a firm believer that students always have the upper hand. Okay. Like student, like I, I consider myself a student of Earth life. <laughs> <laughs> like I, there's always something to be learned from every relationship, every interaction, every experience, staying humble because of that, mm -hmm. right? As a byproduct of that. And I, like fake it till you make it is very much to me, like coming off as, oh, I know it. Mm. Right? I know that already. And, but like, to me, it's like, can I be, can I be transparent and open about not knowing something? Can I be open about, mm. hey, this is scary to me. And Vulnerability that, is powerful to you. Very much so. I mean, that's how I approach like me sucking at being a manager to my team. Yeah. I tell them like, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't be the best right now. I'm not. And I don't just stop there by saying I'm, I'm really working on it. Yeah. Not just like words that mean nothing. I say, here's, here's my action plan. Here's what I'm active, actively doing. And that's what, I've, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And there's been a great like change in our like work ethic in the company. But that and, you know, honesty and transparency to me and like being vulnerable is so powerful to me. And that's just like how I built um things up for myself. Like not even just company, just like my values. Yeah. Which then like I've imbued into like everything I do from photographing people. That's like the that's also like it's really reflective in a lot of things. Not now that I think about it, like when I photograph someone. Because again, these people, they're not used to being in front of the camera. I don't just turn on Beyonce. I don't just give them like two glasses of wine and say, fake it, be right. Beyonce, be sexy, give me something. You know, like those photographers, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they still exist. They're like, oh yeah, give me it's like- It's kind of icky. Yeah, it's very yucky. Is it like, give me spicy? No, like here more wine, just like do it, just fake it. Just think, just think you're in like some, um, some movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they got some bumping music, <laughs> right? They're like, oh, here, put this on. It should make you feel good. Yucky. Yucky. You know, but I don't do that. I put on, I literally put on like, like lo-fi music. I put on some smooth jazz. Lo-fi hip-hop beats to study to. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then I, I guide them through this soft, soft like voice. Yeah. And I say, oh, what do you, what do you want to show off today? What are you conscious about? Let's work through that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and through that vulnerability, 
they find so much power, you know? So like it's reflective in, in how I run my photo shoots, but also in my workplace. Mm -hmm. Nice. You're saying that faking it till you making it, make it. Faking it until you making it. Faking, <laughs> faking it until you make it yeah. is almost a sign of imposter syndrome. Whereas being vulnerable, being honest is a, is a sign of strength. For sure. For me. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what do you think about that? I, I actually like that take a lot because I think you are probably one of the most emotionally attuned people mm. I've ever met. And especially an emotionally attuned man mm. because most people are fake it till you make it. Right. So I like your your version better. I take back what I said earlier. <laughs> I, I no longer like fake it till you make it. And as a quick pivot, yeah. David, you are probably the person I am most financially transparent with. Yeah. Probably because you were my first creator friend. Yeah. And we talk very honestly. You guys, we always do this in David's car. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. It's the cutest thing. We always get some sort of food product, whether it's a beverage, whether it's froyo or like a soft serve or just like food. And we like eat and talk in his car. You know, we talk about money all the time. Um, and when I started creating content, David and I were... We were coming up at like around the same time, like both building our businesses. We obviously have very different content, but I didn't have anybody to talk to about content creation or brand deals and like what I was charging. And David, do you remember how we first broached the subject? Like, how do we start talking about money? Like, how do we make it not awkward? Because I can barely remember. Really? I, I, I feel like for at least like two like dinners, we'd always be like, can I, can I ask you? <laughs> How much you got paid for that? <laughs> At least I, I always be like, can yeah. I? Get, no, can that's I how ask? we always started it. We like, <laughs> how can much? I? How, mu how much? <laughs> At a certain point, I would just do it just to like spite you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, stop it. Just ask. Uh, I'll yeah, tell yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we don't, I don't think we even ask anymore. No. <laughs> we just like. I just be like, I point and I'm like, how much? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's part of the context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just offer that information up and. I feel very lucky to have someone like you that oh I can my talk gosh, to you about. Yeah. But seriously, David's like my only friend. Um, <laughs> and I know we are coming up on time. Yeah. David, talk to me. You are very successful. Mm. You are this amazing creator. You are an entrepreneur. You have your business. What would be your best money or financial tip that you would give to 22-year-old David? Fedora David, if you will. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. If you could go back in time. So like money management, I'm still like not great with. But I think like the thing with me is like, I think it was that finding value beyond my skill set, mm -hmm. beyond these like labels of a photographer. I, I really had to like, I have a neon sign of my name, David So. And, you know, to other people, they might see that and be like, oh my gosh, this man narcissistic or what? <laughs> you know, like, is he so into himself? Right. Like for me, it's like, it was such a powerful lesson of understanding David Saw. Like there's there's one of one of David Saw. But there's, I mean, how many photographers are there? Yeah. And I had to ask myself, what is David Saw doing? When I'm impacting these clients, is it because I'm a photographer or is it because it's David? Yeah. Right. What does photographer provide Jane versus what, what is David Saw providing Jane? And whenever I would talk to my clients, all the beautiful things that they would say, the transformations that happened, it wasn't like photography. It's almost never a part of the, the conversation. Mm. It's about David. And I, I think that, you know, that change in perspective about business, business at the end of the day is what do you have to provide in value and 
who can you help with that? Very specific person. Also, you can exchange that value in, I don't know, rocks like the olden time. You can, you can be given like donuts, food, whatever it is. Um, for me, preferred method, money. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like something my coach, uh, my photography coach, a brilliant woman, Sue Rice, has taught me early on was you have to see money as how much how much your client uh, appreciates you. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever had this and I don't know if the besties here understand that. I don't know how many creatives are listening in, but you know, lots. I actually think probably. Yeah. Lots. Like then you would understand it was really hard for me to like receive money. Oh, interesting. it was really, really tough. Can't relate, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love receiving money. Like as a creative, we're made to think that because we enjoy what we do, yeah, we shouldn't get paid much. Mm. You know, you're like, oh, like everyone does this. Why you made a photo for me? Why are you getting paid so much? You know, that's that's, that's exactly uh, what I was thinking. I would feel so guilty, especially as my photography mentor would, you know, she would always push me. Right, she would push me, saying, "You gotta charge so much more, David." Do you know who you are? You know, like she'd always, you know, help me break out of my own like suppression, right? So, you know, as I'm as I'm charging more, as I'm charging five times more, ten times more, and I would get that first sale, I'd be like, did they really pay that much to me? Yeah. My first a thousand dollar order. Yeah. For a photo shoot. I don't I didn't know how I felt about that much. I felt like I was robbing them, this father, to the ability to put food on the table. Oh, because I thought because I thought it was too expensive. Mm. And again, if if you're like Vivian, you don't need to think about that. <laughs> But I, I know a lot of creatives have that yeah. um, problem and that issue. And it has to do with the self-worth. Like you don't know, yeah. you only know the self-worth as a photographer, as a designer. And when, especially when you're going through school, everyone's a design student and the school's teaching you through a system. They don't, they don't expect you to build your own agency and all that stuff. We're charging your own worth. You're going to go through the whole, oh, $15,000 an hour, all that stuff. Wait, so I'm curious. How did you break out of that mentality? It was it was understanding like the business mindset, mm. right? And then understanding that business, yes, it sounds yucky. Again, to a lot of creatives, it is. But understanding business isn't just like about just getting a bunch of money. Like I think that's what I was thinking before. But understanding that business is at the end of the day for me as a creative, self-awareness. Yeah. What problem am I solving? How am I helping enrich someone's life, right? And it no longer has become about, it doesn't become like this transactional thing of, oh, I have this digital file, uh, give me $50, let's change. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, really being human first. Like, how am I, like, who is this person in front of me? How can I serve them with the best of my ability as David Sa, mm -hmm. as the viewer, as you guys listening to me at home? Like, how are you as an entirety serving your clients? if you are a creative. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was the, the thing that really changed it for me. Like 50, like $50 David was, here, here's 50 photos. $7,000 $7, David now is, how can I help you empower yourself through your identity? Mm. How can I help you walk differently outside? How can I help you stand up for yourself in your workplace, wherever you are, right? Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that could, that's like a lesson that I learned really early on that was so helpful that always just like was made me an advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. When I went from having just like my photography income to like my content creator income, you know, I don't know how to charge for my first brand deal. Yeah. But I would apply the same thing of, oh, I'm, I'm worth so much more. Yeah. I would keep pushing the boundaries and I wouldn't just take uh, just random, random jobs. Yeah. I would say, this is the price. They say no. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm sure you know this too. Like the person who is more willing to leave the negotiation table yeah. has the upper hand. Yeah. Right. But I'm not doing it just because I'm being an imposter. I'm like, oh, I'm going to leave. Please chase after me. It's not that. It's not hopes of that. I know my worth and I'm going to walk out. Right. So I think that's all of those things were just so powerful. And that's how like it ties back to like the confidence and yeah. like self-worth and self Having that confidence, knowing your worth and not being afraid to leave if a situation doesn't serve you. Yeah. Ah, and then also, if you don't know your worth, be be open about it. Yeah. Right. Because I, I know a lot of people are going to ask, oh, what if you don't know how to start charging that first price? Or asking for that raise or asking right. for that promotion. Yeah. Right. I think that that transparency again being a student saying hey going to another photographer that's um doing more experience has more experience and saying hey like i have this great work i want to become more financially successful like you but i don't know Mm -hmm. can you help me out like i think that humbleness of saying hey i know less than you can you help me out brings you so much uh so much back yeah and i feel like when you approach situations like that with humility people are typically really open and willing to help yeah Yeah, I love that. Well, David, thank you so much for chatting with me. I would love to take this as an opportunity for you to tell all of the BFFs where they can find you, where they can find your amazing posing tips and content that I love to binge. Uh, You can find me at DavidSaw Photo on Instagram and DavidSaw on TikTok and DavidSaw on YouTube. Yay! And if you guys want to check out his studio in LA, if you ever need some photos, he is ready and available and willing and will hype you up. He is the absolute best. I mean, I, I don't I don't know about ready and available. Oh, yeah. No, he's probably booked and busy. <laughs> booked and busy. Um, but thank you so much for coming on to this again. Thank you for being my first and probably closest creator BFF. Oh. And I'm just so thankful to have you in my life. I appreciate you so much, Vivian. All right. Thanks, besties. And I will catch you guys next week. See ya. We're closing out today's episode with an advertisement from my besties at Marshalls. Marshalls always has the latest high quality on trend fashion, beauty, and home decor merchandise at amazing prices. Got some big end of the year plans? New year business endeavors? At Marshalls, you can maximize savings and invest those savings in whatever you want. Managing your finances properly does not mean you have to sacrifice quality on the things that make you feel your best. Marshalls makes it possible to get the good stuff for less. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at YarvichBFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom, as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!